This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 697, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Welcome back to Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 697. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. That is me. You had that correct about my name. And we are iFanboy. We read our comics. One of us picks our favorite book, call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books, patron pick, listener mail. We'll go long. We'll complain about it. We'll be unable to stop ourselves. It'll be fun. Hey, you guys going to talk about books? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little. Maybe a little bit. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Exercise some caution. Josh, you had to pick, and I saw it, and I was not surprised. Yeah, I read Jimmy Olsen, or Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number two, I think the second book I read. I'm now at the point where I just read I buy books in whatever order they're on my digital reader. There's no... Right. I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. Sure. So it was the second one on here, and I was only a few pages into it, and I went... Well, this is going to be tough to beat, quite honestly. And I, I, I want, like, I feel like people need to know that I don't want to do this. I no? hate make. I hate making the pick the same one two in a row or three in a row. However, Was Jimmy also number one to pick? Yes, I believe. You check on that right. while I talk. I'll look. Um, I'm not saying it's not. I just don't remember because I'm so right away. Yeah, it was. Uh, so right away. We pick up on the uh, old uh, sort of history of um, Metropolis with uh, Joaquin Olsen. And it's a two-page story. <laughs> I like it. In. I loved it. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. And so what I realized, the structure is that, like, this is like, a, it might all tie in, but right now it's a mini anthology. And, and what yeah, you've I mean, got. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a way. It's, it's, a, it's an anthology have, that's also going to. Going to all tied together. Yeah, Superman's yes. Jimmy Olsen was the pick of the week on July 17th. Right. So, right away, and they're, like, they're doing a two-page story to start with, which I was I was like, oh, that's bold. And, and then you go in, you've got this pretty emotional scene with his brother, um, where you're sort of learning a lot about him that, well, I didn't know, for example, or, or they're, or they're, you know, re, re retconning, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure which. There are a couple of really great sequences in here. Um, you know, the, just the, the storytelling right away. Within five pages, there are multiple times where I went, that's really good. Uh, yeah. There's just a little bit of moments between the script and the, the I mean, Steve Lieber, I, I cannot sing his praises enough. I mean, I've, I'd, Pretty close to putting it up there, like an Eminem level storyteller. He's really, really good, and and he gets pigeonholed into this comedy thing, and maybe that's where he wants to be, where he has to do funny books because it's sort of uh, cartoony. But like the guy can draw anything, I, and I don't think of him that way, and, and you don't either, because the first no. thing I ever saw him on was Whiteout, so it's an action right. story. Um, he's, a, he's a great artist, um, but you know, so you've got those greats. Then you come into he arranges this interview with Superman. For his, you know, daily daily uh, planet uh, web uh, video, video show. And yeah. it's a side of Superman we don't see a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny. fun and funny, but it's also believable. Yeah. And you realize there's a couple of things there is that Superman, Jimmy Olsen doesn't need Superman only. Superman also needs Jimmy Olsen, which I thought was a really nice revelation. Well, if you if you would. If you recall, last week we talked about Batman mm-hmm. and how I like when Batman is different around different people. And here would be an example of Superman being different yes. around Jimmy Olsen than he is around other other people. And that worked really well. 
it, it was it was really sweet. And then there was this yeah. be, like really cool is it two page sequence with no words of like different times that Jimmy has gotten mixed up in some shit. You know, and it's all over the map. It was heartfelt because Jimmy was basically saying, I, I should not be out there doing photojournalism. I belong up here making wacky sketches on the roof of the Daily Planet. Yeah. And then we get two pages of him, you know, doing all kinds of things in the, in the war with, the, with the injuries. And, you know, like, yeah, not just wacky got turned into a horse, but also serious journalism. And so it's really sad. That scene really hit me hard because Perry has basically reduced him to YouTuber. Yeah. Um, and he's not happy about it, clearly. But what else is he going to do? Yeah, I mean, so you had that, and God, God, I really, I really dug that sequence a lot. I like that, you know, Superman yep. was was doing gags, and and also like there's a there's a bit of it to me is that because this is a two way situation, you know, Jimmy Olsen needs Superman to do his job or whatever, and to me that resonates a little bit is that like. In a way, like part of what I part of what I do here is I'll do interviews with people, and I really like to talk to people who I have some sort of connection with, because it makes a better conversation and things like that. And I like that it goes both ways with these things. I like to feel like when I'm having a conversation with somebody, you know, that I'm doing an interview with, that like we're connecting, like we're having a mm. real conversation, and they're not just going through the motions of something that would bore the that would bore the hell out of me. And I've done that before, where we're like, oh, we're not. You're just answering questions. You're here for the job. You're not trying to have any fun with it or anything like that. And, and here is, is, you know, I don't know that a lot of people can necessarily relate to that, but I did um, from mm-hmm. a standpoint of reading this. I really like that. And you, you keep going and like this, you know, what is this? Is this a 20, is this just a regular 20 page thing? Uh, it's 23 with the, yeah, it's 20 basically. Yeah. 23 with the two cover pages. It's a cornucopia of story and fun and delightful art. And when I'm flipping through it now, I can't believe that each section was only, you know, a few pages at a time. The Superman one got the most pages. But, um, you know, and then just, like I said, Steve Lieber, but also Nathan Fairbairn is is perfectly coloring this. I mean, he's, it, it's whatever, you know, whatever that guy in the restaurant where the chef makes it and then the person who, who plates it and makes it look beautiful, you know, so that it, it, it really shows up and... I was, it was just, uh, it was, it was fun and funny and heartfelt and the craft was really high and, and, you know, this book for me comes from out of nowhere. And I, and I also love the historical context of it that I can't help but think of is that, you know, like when Jack Kirby got to DC, he was like, give me whoever, (laughs) gave him a Jimmy Olsen book and he did that. And Matt Fraction's doing that now. And Matt Fraction is, is a guy who's done comics I really like, but he's done a lot of comics I don't like. And I'm 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 always happy to see people succeed, you know. Like I I like that. Like oh, look at there's a new side of you. There's a there's another thing that that you fit in really really well with. Um, and so I, yeah, there was nothing better than this that I read. Um, there were a lot of other good books. I read other stuff I liked a lot, but um, this is this is just delightful. It's definitely told in an anthology format, but each story is pushing a central narrative forward, which is the ongoing feud between the Luthers and the Olsons. Yeah. Um. Which is is as far as I know new, but I, you know I haven't read every Superman comic ever, so I don't know. What's interesting is that again, I don't know if the idea of Jimmy coming from a lot of wealth is an old idea. However, I do recall at some point many years ago making fun of Jimmy's apartment in the comic because it was like gigantic. Yeah, I remember. And I so, so now I don't know if that means he's always been very wealthy. And we just never noticed it or what. But now it all—it's funny how that kind of can make this story this story can make that kind of thing make sense you know 10 years ago because the Olsons were wealthy and we see in this story in the beginning where 
last issue, the Luther the Luther um, person pushed the Olsen person over a, a waterfall. We thought he died, but then he comes back here with a giant piece of gold. So there's this, the foundation of his of the family wealth and. Hot so damn. that's interesting. And then, hot damn, we got smackers. Um, and then, uh, you know, I like the brother stuff because, you know, the brother's sort of the big wig Luther type. And, well, Jimmy is a photojournalist. So he's – that's an interesting dynamic to their, their relationship. And uh, what happened last last month is affecting – this is a monthly book, by the way. So we've got a, a year of this, which is nice. And then yeah. – um, and then what, there's whatever mysteries going on and, what, and why is Jimmy in Gotham City. So I, I, I do – I mean, it is a, it is very well constructed because, as you said, you could just read all these stories sort of as little vignettes, but they also are all clearly pushing a Luther Olson narrative forward, um, and it's gorgeous and it's funny and I said and heartfelt. That's really where this book lives. It's sure. it's very it's um, when Matt Fraction's really good, and I have the same reaction you do to his work is where sometimes I really like it, like Iron Fist. Sometimes I really don't like it, like Sex Criminals or something like that, or Casanova. Um, when he gets too kind of smart and goofy for his own good, I don't like it. But when he lives in a sort of heartfelt, funny, funny Venn diagram space, that's mm-hmm. where his work is really good. And, and, uh, I think that's where Jimmy Olsen knows right now. I hope people are reading this because this is very good. Yeah. I really, uh, and there's just a lot of little touches to the book. I really like the, g- the design of Jimmy Olsen and I'm like, Oh, he looks young. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, don't worry about it. It's what he's supposed to look like. Um, I like that each segment ends with a little tiny bow tie. <laughs> to, to indicate that you know we've moved on i <laughs> look at the i mean do you want to think you want to talk about how good steve lieber is look at the panel where he's a horse yeah, yeah. that is a perfect translation of the character into a realistic looking horse that still looks like the person that's amazing work and has personality here yeah. yes it's oh it's so good uh it's very good yeah i i, I loved it <laughs> It's it's a it's a it's a really fun thing to have come around right now. I think I think I needed it. So last time we talked, uh, when this book came out, you hadn't read Valkyrie: Colin Jane Foster. Um, this now number two is out. Jason Aaron, Al Ewing co-writing with Cafu on art. What did you think of? If you read one, what did you think of the of these two issues? So I saw that number two had come out, and I thought, I still haven't read number one. I'm not doing this. And then it turned out I didn't really have all that many books. And so I said, I'll go back and do it. And then as soon as I finished one, I was like, well, I have to know what happens next. Um, so I, <laughs> I, 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 really, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, it felt a lot more like Jason Aaron than I suspected it would, because that little preview bit didn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. I... I also thought, I mean, my preconceived notion was just that, you know, like we, we did this whole thing with, with Jane and, and now they're going to drag it out longer than they need to. But I think that it's handled pretty well. I think that it's a new challenge. She's just not, she's not just Thor. I like how they're revealing that being the Valkyrie is actually a very different thing. And she assumed that she was just going to be like Thor, but it's not. Um, she's not just a superhero. She actually has a job. She's a, yeah. you know, she's transports you to the next world. And that's a whole different scenario than yeah. Um, you know, I like, you know, the, the weapon that is what it needs to be is good. The fact that I, I, I there's this, there's, here's the spoiler. We're earning our spoiler warning right now, but apparently Heimdall is killed in this issue, right. which is a fairly big deal. Well, um, wouldn't even be the biggest deal this week. Um, if, if you were to believe any of these deaths were true, but since yes. the next issue is Jane and Heimdall going on a adventure to the next world, I, I would assume mm-hmm. He's not actually gone. Well, I mean, she went and visited Brunhilde, 
right. was in, you know, and she. The, the, Those pesky guardians, man. You just you never know. Yeah, but I thought that was a really cool, you know, setup. You know, like they're they're not dead, but they're dead. Like they can't be involved with stuff. And she's like, "Oh, did you come to hang out? You know, it's a party in Valhalla." No, I got some. Jo- I don't even remember if that was the first issue. I think that was the first issue, not this one. But um, yeah. and then you know, Bullseye's a good villain. You know, and and it was a nice match for this story. I thought. Um, you know, there's a real threat to it. There's, you know, there's an element of. Uh, you know he's smug and he's a guy and and she's she's new at this and she's a woman and is she good enough and there's you know a lot of little things and he's got the horse and he shouldn't have the horse and he shouldn't have her sword and then I, I even thought that sort of how that she realized it's not about getting the sword back that's that's not what it should be and and you know bullseye doesn't realize that either there's a lot of nice structure to this I thought um, yeah you know I always love when they mix and match the villains and the heroes and so it's mm-hmm. fun to have you know, bullseye fighting as guardians and, and bullseye is so capable that when you give him as guardian weapons, he suddenly becomes that much more scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, and yeah, he kills Heimdall. It's, that's not a small thing. What was the book this week that had was, Oh, it was last, was it last week or is the last issue of this? The villain was, um, the, the, the blue streak or what the, the roller skaters. That was the first issue. Right. That was the first issue. So that actually, I think we have a question about villains later. We may or may not get to. But it occurred to me, they're like, oh, we don't do, like, villains in Marvel stories anymore. Like, there's no, a handful that just keep showing heroes up. Heroes fighting do, heroes all the time. Yeah, and we don't do villain of the week kind of like, oh, yeah, there's all these crazy guys running around. And so in the last one, you you had those, you know, superior foes of Spider-Man type, type guys. And, and it's it's become novel again when they show up. And, you know, was- you know. Bullseye sort of yeah, at the top of that. That was in um, yeah. Spider Man's doing a good job, but like Marvel's tendency is to either have heroes fight each other or you know show that the villains are not so bad after all. Yeah, you know they're kind of wacky rogue. Like they kind of took yeah. the the Flash rogues um, the idea to writ large the whole universe. So you know it's it's always been a little bit of a bummer about Marvel is that when they had, can't think of an idea, it seems to be you just have. Iron Man fight Captain America. And it's like okay, but they have they have great villains and they're yeah. silly and 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 they're fun and I, and I like there's also you know it's if you think back to great Marvel issues a lot of times it has a lot to do with who the villain is and how that's done you know for like sure. we don't get excited about Kang for no reason <laughs> you know we have many many good reasons for to be excited it's, for it's, it's it's an infinite timeline of reasons to be excited about Kang or Morbius infinite Kang or Hotep. wow. Has there not been a miniseries called Infinite Kangs? <laughs> Write that shit down. Infinite Kangs. Um, uh, and also, I just a, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, just, I, I liked it. It was I liked the first issue a lot. And I thought this was good too. I think I think this I is think shaping up to be a good series. It was a lot. The, both of them were a lot stronger than that little preview thing that we read in, mm-hmm. in art and story, characterization, all those things. Um, and then finally, the next issue cover by Mahmoud Azrar is beautiful. It's a beautiful yes. cover. And I just I had to I wanted to call that out. I like the Cafu art a lot. I think he's yep, really good. Yeah, I do too. Guardians of the Galaxy Eight. This is so you're you've read a lot more Guardians comics than I have, including most of the Abnett Landing run, if not the whole run. Yeah. Um did we know this about Rocket or is this new information? The his origin? I mean, we knew he was sort of genetically enhanced and modified. Do we know the specifics about all this, like him being a uh basically a, a comfort a comfort raccoon? To, uh, that that's a little new. I I think that it's been talked about in 
in abstract, I don't know that I've ever seen it specifically, but I didn't see anything here that felt like it was a it was a new thing. Just adding stuff. Uh, yeah, kind of. Like it, it kind of worked for me. I, I I don't I don't think it was. I, I think it it sort of fits with what had come before, but it also needed to be sort of done as a to sort of set up how the end of the issue goes. I think. Um, mm. I still I still hate Groot. <laughs> in this well, yeah, form. I mean this this is the the main driver. of This issue is that. Rockets, Rocket's been missing for all this time. This is issue yeah. eight. He's been around uh, because his um, genetic modifications are finally being rejected by his body. So he's basically mm-hmm. fragile and frail, and he's t- hooked up to machines. and And here, he basically decides he's going to, I guess, fight with what little time he has left by mm-hmm. using a mecha suit. Looks like a transformer. That is a that is a transformer, if ever yeah, there was that one. Like That's he's Starscream. He's Starscream. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, fine. But yeah, I mean, even though the scene between him and Groot is heartfelt because they're old buddies, it does. And I, I don't mind his punk rock hairstyle, Groot, because mm-hmm. he's I guess he's still supposed to be the teenager Groot. But still, um, there was one. Uh, there was a one. There was one scene. Was it this book? Or was it a different book I read this week? Oh no, it's this book, page uh, twelve of your digital reader, where Groot I was looking at, I'm looking kicks, at it. kicks the thing and says, "How dare you!" And then. Was that Moon Dragon? Yep. Um, says Groot, and I think I thought, well, those dialogue, those uh, balloons should be switched. Like, it just well, right. If, if if you took every, that was the great thing about Groot. You've taken away the great thing about Groot, who was great, and the joke didn't get old either. No. And so if you took I am Groot and you put it into all of this dialogue, put it exactly there, you given the artist something to do, you given the reader something to work on, I would have it just would have worked better. Um, and I and know it, that that's it's the Chewbacca not thing. You, yes. you have to, in your dialogue, reflect not only the response but the question, and it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge. I don't but. I don't know who did this, so I don't know that this is necessarily you know like Donny Cates's fault. You know, like I don't know if this is this is the plate no, he was this handed. Pre Donny so. Cates, yes, yeah, what I thought, but I don't know if he caused that before. I don't even know. Bendis did. Who knows? But it's dumb. They need to undo it soon. Yeah. Um. But in general. I thought uh, it was pretty enjoyable. Issue felt significant. Um, there's a little, there's a little confusion with the old man um, Quill book because I think they're both fighting this kind of church thing. They, yeah, that was interesting. I did think that because you're right. The they're both fighting at least a cosmic church of evil. Right. This is his father's, or his father's been taken in. Yeah. And uh, the other one's like the least- church of Church of Galactus, and I don't think his father has anything to yeah. do with it. And then, and the only problem that I kind of have is that there's a big cocoon at the end, and it's and it's like, yeah, it's Adam Warlock. You're gonna do this. I don't know Adam Warlock so well, so is a reveal that didn't. I know that it's a big like it just didn't strike with me because I'm not really terribly familiar with it. That's so pre you cosmic as a cosmic fan. Yeah, I don't know, I'm not. I'm not overly familiar with it. Only what he looks like is well, basically what I know. Yeah, That's most of the Marvel role playing game in the '80s, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I'm still, I still enjoy the series. It's good. Yeah, and this is uh, it was Jeff Shaw before, and now we're uh, it's Corey Smith, who I thought did a great job. Um, it's no small thing to draw a frail, uh, aging raccoon human hybrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, it, it's you know it's a good run, and it, and it, it other than the Groot thing, it, it does feel like it's you know these are the Guardians. This is the, this is the way it goes. So Superman Year One number two. Mm-hmm. Um, number one was pick of the week, and you and I both enjoyed it. We took a lot of flack for enjoying it, but we enjoyed it. Um, 
this book is weird. I love this issue. <laughs> I didn't say it was bad. I said it was weird. I, 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 I don't know what this it. is supposed to be. We're, we're two it's, of three it's, issues. I, it's, it's an Elseworlds story. I, 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 I get that. It's I'm an Elseworlds saying... Superman origin. And as far as we're... I'm concerned, this character is a, is, is, is spot on. It's, it's Superman. It's Cal is in a different set of circumstances. And also he's young. So he's learning about how the world works. I absolutely loved the character. Um, was it Kurtzberg? Yeah. The, his, 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 his sergeant or whatever. The most, the most, uh, Kurtzberg. Yeah. The most Ennis and Dylan character to ever be inserted by somebody who is not Ennis or Dylan. Um, you know, like the Poseidon bits didn't love so much, but I liked what it revealed about the character. It went on a little while long. I I really loved all of the Navy SEAL stuff. I I Yeah, the Navy part was the best. I didn't love the undersea stuff, um, which we'll get to in a second. But to me, it's just, I I believe I'm correct. This is a three-issue miniseries. I think you're right. And so this was just a very odd issue to have. Um, it take you know, he also ends up in a Superman suit for no reason and no explanation, which was mm-hmm. strange. Um, but I liked the Navy stuff. I mean, this you could you could have taken the name Superman off of it. It would have been a really interesting, you know, story about a, a, Navy, a Navy SEAL recruit. I, I did like yeah, that and a lot. I, but I did like how uh, how the the undersea stuff was sort of. I mean, there was a little bit of like sexual awakening or sure. you know even even adult sort of like taking that step but i like how it was bookended by the surly marine or navy seal i guess who uh you know you know he 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 saw what was going on and that really nice sort of fatherly advice that he gives him at the end and it's wrong like he gets washed out he gets washed out for a stupid reason but also he doesn't belong there anyway um but the other part, I feel like the other part, the undersea bit, is to really show how strong and capable he is in comparison to that other stuff. And it's, and it's you a good know, monster all, fight. It was a good big monster all, fight. Yeah, yeah, with cracking him. It's good continuity stuff. I mean, yes, this is Laurie. I assume his take on Laurie Lamaris, who was a Superman love interest um, in the 80s and 90s, I believe, definitely that, around that time period when I was a kid reading comics. So she's she didn't look like this, mm-hmm. but she was a undersea person. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't love the. I was cool when he was above ground. I when he was spending so much time in Atlantis. I just uh, not even Atlantis. You know, <laughs> I guess Atlantis it was Atlantis. Yeah, which I guess is off the coast of Coronado. Yeah, San Diego is um, Atlantis. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's the West Coast of Atlantis. Yeah. Um, where's Where's Atlantis? Do you have a place that it's supposed to be? I think it's isn't it isn't it like in the in the Atlantic, like Atlantis know. Atlantic? Isn't it in that that ocean? Is that just a thing that you came up with? No, I think it is. That's yeah. why they're always attacking the East Coast and Aquaman. Okay, I don't. I literally have no idea. I I, uh, I assume I've, it's I've a like it's around... you're, 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 you're you're always up on these things. Well, there's also there's several Atlantises or Atlantum, <laughs> Atlanti. <laughs> like, is there's Atlantis, a Marvel Atlantis. one, and there's a there's a I don't I don't remember basically. Uh huh. Well, um, I didn't love it that part, and I I wish there would have been just a little bit more build up as to why he had a suit all of a sudden, or where it came from. Um, but the art was great, the fight was great, 
Poseidon was awful as as all these old gods are and and uh it's just it's just it's so interesting this book so interesting I'm very curious to see how it ends it is really interesting and I still think the craft is at a high level yeah I mean the I, like, the it fucking well should be great. yeah yeah I mean and I, I you know what I, I like that for a long time I thought Frank Miller was gone you know mm. it's Frank Miller like Doing, doing what he does. And, and even, it's even like a more mature Frank Miller. So I find that really interesting. Yeah. It uh, it was enjoyable. History of the Marvel Universe. So yeah. do you read, read this? We yes. talked about the first one last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like this one. So this the last issue ended with sort of um, creeping into you know the, the, the modern age. So we have most of the, this issue takes place mostly throughout the 40s and 50s and 60s. Ending with... The coming, the dawning of the, of the Age of Heroes, which will be the next issue. 1961. <laughs> and, uh, or at least that's the real time that it happened. I love this kind of brain puzzle because it's, the whole point of this, this thing is for Mark Wade and obviously not doing it on his own, with the help of Marvel and editors and executives to re, sort of reorder the timeline of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things re- really interesting and fun little you know, choices they made and other things were really head scratching. So like at one point you see a uh, great temple, Dr. Strange becoming the sorcerer Supreme. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. He did that way back in the thirties. Shouldn't he be ancient by now? Like, didn't he come around? Shouldn't he have come around when everybody else did? He was like, he's a contemporary of everybody else. That was strange. No, no pun intended. But then I also. I mean, there's still timeline. I mean, like the Fantastic Four still come about in the '60s, apparently, based on the suits and the rocket, and you know, that seems weird. But also, I, I wasn't even looking at it that way. I, I, you know, my interest in this was largely that, like, I realized that they're sort of reordering things a little bit. Um, but I actually, this is one of the only times that I ever was like, well, hold on, what's the sighting for? What's the? What's the? Where does this come from? So I've read through the appendix, you know, not yeah. fully, but but bit by bit, and I found it really interesting how so, how how much of the more recent things had been included in there. And I remembered stuff that I hadn't thought about in a while, like the Marvels Project, and I was like, right, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Right, yeah. I'd forgotten about that book, and you know the the how much um, that Always Iron stuff. Fist run rewrote you know that whole thing and the 12 i'd forgotten about magneto testaments in here like there's just that's really it's a lot of work it's really impressive um so if you're reading comics hopefully you know that there's a timeline sliding scale so the characters that originally fought in world war ii then fought in vietnam and then, then fought in the gulf war so here the solution is to create a new war, a nebulous uh, Southeast Asian war called the Sine Kong War. <laughs> so that includes the characters who fought in Vietnam, the characters who fought in World War II, and the characters who fought in the Gulf War. So that's where you got Rhodey and Frank Castle and Ben Grimm and Reed Richards all fighting in the Sine Kong War, the, decade, the decades-long war in, the, in Southeast Asia, which is not Vietnam or Korea. Um, mm. that was funny. That was interesting. Yeah, that's, not, even, that's, that's not going to stick. I don't think they've ever done that before, but it's, that's much more of a DC move where they have, for sure. 
uh, what's the what's the Middle Eastern stand-in? Kun Kandak. 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 There you go. Yeah. There's a couple of them, but um, I liked that. I like the art a lot. There was a lot of really interesting internal framing devices on these sure. where they would have panels inside of characters or panels inside of other things that were happening on the page. Like when Wolverine's being tested under there are panels inside the bubbles coming out of his nose and when Captain America is becoming or Steve has become Captain America. There's a, there's a, you know, they use his body falling from, uh, I'm sorry, at the end when he's, when he gets blown up off from the plane, they use his body falling as an internal panel like there's a lot of really interesting and fun the i think my favorite was on devices. page 10 about the highland commandos where it just yeah. says where it's one two three go are the panel borders yeah and i had to like stop and and go back and look at it and sort of read it because you you can just buzz by that stuff and I yep. was like, oh that's awesome it's, it's just it's, thoughtful and effort this was a fun issue because it starts getting more more the meat. Last last issue was fun because it was prehistory of stuff I'm not that familiar with. But this is where you start getting into your Captain Americas and your Namors and your invaders yeah. and your like, like not. I'm not familiar with like the 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 details of it, but all those characters are familiar, so it gives you context for like, oh, that's where the Eternity is. You know, that's all yeah. that stuff. This has been really fun, and I think anyone who's you know a Marvel fan should read this. But if, if you're interested at all in sort of figuring out where Marvel is, uh, it's fun. It's a good read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's take a quick break to talk about uh, all the people that help support the show and how you can do so if you so choose. The main way and the way we, we are really appreciative of is to go to patreon.com slash fanboy and sign up uh, to become a patron of the show. Lots of people do that. In fact, we've been growing more and more as we've been talking about lately, Josh. Um, you know, we're at, we're at our highest number ever. We have our most pa- number of patrons ever. We're getting ever closer to that next stretch goal, which is the addition of the monthly non-comics media podcast. Uh, and we'll also upload all the missing full-length video shows and mini shows that we did ten year, ten plus years ago to our YouTube channel, and we re-embed them on the website. And uh, so that if you're become a patron, you not only help get to that, but you also get lots of great benefits. Like we're supposed to have our hangout last weekend, as we talked about. We ran into some technical difficulties, so we're doing it this weekend. Uh, in addition to that, you get to do the patron pick at a certain level. Get your patron powers. All those things will come up in the show later on. You also get to hang out in the on the patron page and in the patron Facebook group. There's lots of discussion that goes on there. And uh, there's a lot of great benefits to being a patron in addition to the, the rewards you get if you're a certain level. So we, we pre- appreciate everyone who goes there to patreon.com slash ifanboy. We have t-shirts at ifanboy.threadless.com. We've got our seven shirts. And we, are, we had to put the next shirt on the back burner as we fix some other things that are going on behind the scenes technology-wise. So uh, we'll hopefully get that next shirt out by the end of the year. Um, and uh, no one, no one is more upset about it than we are. So, a new design is still in the works. Connor's the more upset about it than I am. That's true. Josh doesn't he, care. He, he cares. He cares. He cares. He cares. I care about other things, but he's he's really your guy. Everyone listening. So we had to put that in the back burner while we fix some other technical issues, but we'll hopefully get back to that soon. Fmo.com/support is where you can go to, uh, directly donate via PayPal. Josh has been calling it our tip jar, which is a great analogy. That's our that's our little jar on the piano that says tips. In on masking tape, and so if you want to throw a dollar in there, we'd appreciate. As it. I sit there and plinkle away, you got a friend in me. <laughs> you got a thank you, friend in me. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. You got <laughs> tips That's... go down when you do that. Yeah. Um, I found slash Amazon finally is where you can find the links to buy books we talk about in the books bloat, as well as a general link to Amazon. And we thank everyone who does all those things to help the show going. There are bills, there are time constraints in our lives that help. All these things help make up for. And uh, keep the show going. If, if not for you, there would be no show. So thank you for that. Uh, Powers so of X. Powers of X. Didn't this just come out last week? 
it's basically a weekly book because it alternates every two weeks. I know, but I feel like you and I literally talked about it. But we may, I may have just brought it up because you were gone and we had talked about it. Um, this is my review of this is basically the same as it was before. In that, like, I, I I'm I'm having trouble with this one because it when you get into that master mold sentinel apocalypse yeah. stuff that is really where x-men falls apart for me and I, i'm trying though like i'm that's like I'm master's thinking. class level x-men that you know as a casual fan it's top even for me i enjoyed this one more than the other issues of powers of x uh-huh powers of 10 but it's still like there's a good 40 percent of what's going on here that i'm not necessarily following all the way or at least as to the point where i think i should be um it's not just that. Like, A, I'm not following a B. I don't really want to. And I, I've right. been confused several times throughout here. This feels like when I was reading the Avengers run, and I was like, am I supposed to know what this is? Because I can't even tell. I mean, call me crazy or crazy. stupid or uninformed, but I feel like the way to go with the X-Men is to simplify, not to make it more complicated. And I feel like this is making it very complicated. Well... I, it, you know what it, it is? I don't. I don't know. It's it's like everything right about Hickman is over in House of X, and everything <laughs> wrong with Hickman is over. Now I have seen people say they really like this, yeah, and for sure. I I absolutely understand that there is a type of reader who is not the type of reader that I am, who this really resonates with, and I'm awesome. I'm really happy for them. I really I I don't I don't think it needs to go away. It's not bad. It just I don't I don't get it. It's not a thing. But you're right. Like this is, like the other thing is they want to start a a a their own country. Uh, these are the new rules. Here's why. And this book is like here's every single thing that happened before it, and everything that happens after it for ten thousand years. And it's yeah, like, you're just, just slow what? down. <laughs> it's like I just got on this train. This is like uh, <laughs> here's an analogy. When I watched the Doctor Who program, mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, I'm watching this Doctor Who program. It's pretty good." Moments later, I was deluged by super crazy Doctor Who fans, and that's all of them, um, who were just like, oh, you got to watch this season and this and that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> just watch the episode. watching this show. I'm not signing up for four years of master's classes. For subculture. And that's what this book is. Yeah, and I'm hoping it all because I did I did like this issue more than the others, but I'm hoping it all gets better as it goes along. But right now, I'm just I'm, when Powers of X comes out, I'm. I'm holding on to the fingertips. I don't know how many more of these I'm going to do, because, but I am afraid of it. I, I am afraid of losing something in the other book because I'm not reading this. Sure. Yeah. Daredevil 10, thank God there's a new artist <laughs> in this book. Chip Zdarsky is the writer. Jorge Fornes is the new artist, at least for this issue. He was the guy who blew up in Batman, whose who's, uh, influences are quite clear. So, so it makes sense that he's on Daredevil now. Um, he seems to be the guy you call in. He must be very fast because this is the middle of an arc. It's not like they, it's not like they had him doing his own new arc, you know, as that tends to be the way things go now. Mm-hmm. It's a different artist per arc. This is like he comes in for part five. So uh, who knows why that happened? But well, it's interesting because he does have a style that it, on on first instinct looks like it's pretty simple. Like, oh, okay, I can see you could do this kind of fast, but really the he's got a lot of I don't know. I don't know. It's if, very detailed. I think he's, yeah, but also just the the layouts, the sort of mm-hmm. math of of storytelling in this is pretty strong. There's a lot of what looks like hand lettering, which mm-hmm. is which is I mean, like we've talked about a Mazzucchelli influence, 
And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really Mexican. <laughs> like, he's taking the lettering, you know, the, the way that the letters are in the panel, or the sound effects and things like that, and making that a big part uh, of the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mind it. I like it a lot. I think it's a really good fit. However, I've said this before, and I've said it now, is that I think he needs to do something to differentiate himself from just a, a Mazzucchelli, uh copycat. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 maybe drawn less than ten comics professionally. So like, I know that. I know. So I know. It's very it's like, early. It's very early. A lot of people start off as a, as a, that way and become, find their own voice. I mean, I'm also fine if he never does because he's not exactly. He's not 100 percent aping Mazzucchelli. It's just very much no. an influence. And I'm fine right, if he but keeps he doesn't want to be the guy they found in the Philippines who sang for Journey. Sure. And and um, super good, but yeah. So, a couple of things. Number one, is it a good idea? And please tell me, people who are listening, if I'm wrong, is it a good idea for a blind man to have a smartphone? I mean, I guess because you know, that 3D touch. I, I'm constantly missing the buttons with my fingers. And I can see what I'm doing. And I believe Matt, that even with his radar sense, there's no he can't way. He can see screens. He can't see screens. We've, right. That's been established. He, he sees blankness on the screen. He should be so. in that deceased books book. Right. He should. He'd be fine. Wait, are all um, the blind people in that book okay? Yeah, you'd think so. They'd have to be. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, here he gets a phone call on a smartphone and it, and it tells him it's calling, which is great. But then, like, how does he answer it? You know what I mean? There are seems, accessibility functions. I'm sure. It's just, it just seems like it'd be easy to flip, flip phone because he can't use the apps. It's not like he has the benefit of the smartphone. It feels like he could save a lot of money and just buy a flip phone of some kind with tactile buttons. Get a razor. Mm-hmm. You could do, you could do text-to-speech and you could have it read your, your text to you or things like that, but... Listen, I'm sure, like I said, if, if, if I'm, I'm clearly not an expert in this, if, if you know people who are blind with smartphones and, and you can tell us how it benefits them, that'd be great. I'd be curious, very curious to know. But it just seems like it's a headache for some of Well, the problem screen. would be that, like, it's, it's like, you ever, I've, I've, I don't use Siri all that often. But no, when never. I do, there's a very, there's a very, like, I use in the morning, I say, what's the weather? And it tells me the weather and it works. Everything else I tell it to do goes wrong. Yep. Or it just gives like, me a link to a. Siri, what's this thing? Here is the link I found on Wikipedia for this thing. Okay, I didn't ask you to give me a link. I asked you to tell me what that thing is. <laughs> you're, said, you're, you're how useless. old is Rose Byrne? How hard is that to answer, Siri? Right. Hey, Siri. Here's a website that tells you Rose Byrne's information. Great, thank you. What's wrong with you? I don't have an opinion on that. See? Nothing. Um, yes, mine I is an Irish this. woman. <laughs> you, you, you talked about this with um, Ryan. Yeah. When I was gone, I don't love this arc. And I had huge problems with the art, but that was just part of it. Like, I don't love the cop story. Don't love this, this, uh, Matt's having an affair with the mob boss wife story. Um, I just don't love it. And also, Matt seems very, very cavalier with his secret identity here in this issue. (laughs) I mean, like, it's a weird arc. It's a very weird arc. Yeah. But at least the art's better. Yeah, the art's way better. And Electra shows up at the end and next issue Spider-Man. So, I mean, it could be salvaged. I just, I'm not in love with it. Were that's you all. in love with Pearl? No. Well, that's good. It's over. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I read the whole thing. It was my, we talked about this. It was my least favorite of these Bendis um, books that he did for you know, these Jinx World books he relaunched. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what the point of it was. 
I can't decide. I, I can't decide how much I liked it. I really, 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 really hate the Fumetti style, and that that uh, that's something I that's hard to get over. You know, much like Daredevil, if I don't like the art style, I can't get into the story because it's 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 so it's but comics. You, it's not you liked you liked Alias. But he did, it wasn't quite like to this level yeah. where he just basically took photos and put them in a filter. He drew Alias. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, it's related. You can tell it's the same guy, but... Yeah, yeah I can, but, I, and, then, and that's been a constant with you. I don't really love it either. I, sometimes I can let it go. Because it's just so um, stiff. Mm-hmm. It all relies on the acting ability of the people you're photographing. And, you know, there's a lot of very just, just people making blank expressions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pages he actually draws, like there's the gunmen with the bikes who show up, and those are all drawn. Those are great. But everything else is just photographs, and it's it's look, it's a style, but I don't like it. Yeah, fair and enough. I'm not sure. Well, what the, I'm not sure what the story was. This, I mean, she became the head of the Yakuza in San Francisco, and it seems to have. It, it it seems like there was a justification for why it's actually not such a bad thing. Sure, it's to protect their neighborhood from getting wiped out by everything else that's awful in San Francisco or anywhere sure. really. Um, I guess. Yeah, you're right. That sequence is that's drawn is better because he couldn't ask his friends to crash a <laughs> motorcycle. I I would just point to this book as. For everyone who thinks we are been to sycophants, I didn't think this was that great. I didn't really I, like it that much. I think there were I liked I liked it enough to keep reading. I thought there were interesting things in it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know that it paid off for me, but I don't. I'm not like Ugh, I hate that I read that. I'm definitely not. I, I'm I'm actually I'm glad that I read it. I'm it's interesting. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was, I just finished. It. I was like okay, I don't I don't know what the what why I did that. Mm-hmm. Other than there were there were scenes now and then that I liked, and always there's always dialogue that I like with Bendis, but sure. This time, anyway. So, Marvel Comics Presents number eight. This is the anthology book that Marvel brought back a few months ago. And it features, each issue features three stories. The main story is a Wolverine story because, you know, back in the day when Marvel Comics Presents was a big deal, that's where Barry Windsor Smith did the Weapon X story that that gave us Wolverine's partial origin. So, this is sort of a homage to that. Uh, that story is by Charles Soule. It was interesting at first. It got really inter- uninteresting very quickly. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that, though. I'm here to talk about the second story in the book, which was written by Ethan Sachs with art by uh, Marco Castiello and Dono Sanchez Almara. And it was a really fun Spider-Woman story in which um, a college girl puts on her old costume and goes viral pretending to reveal her de- secret identity to the world. And Spider-Woman has to run around with Ben Urich trying to fix it. First of all, save her from danger because now people, people are going to come kill her. And also... There's a funny running bit wherever she shows up. They're like, you're not Spider-Woman. That's not even the real costume. And it happens every time she shows up. Um, it was a fun little short story. It had a very shocking ending. And uh, I liked it a lot. As much as I really hate this costume, um, I do. I think this is a really fun story. I mean, those are the, the, the dangers of the internet and fake news. The, uh, the cover uh, has an Art Adams piece on it. Not great Art Adams. And the color, cover design is not good. Like, I don't even see this. It's so like, oh, that's not something I want. Yeah, he, Art Adams has done all the covers. Um, they're all right. Um, yeah, it looks almost like a magazine than a comic, more than a magazine than a comic. Yeah, book. I just, I didn't even see it. It's funny, the the art for the Charles 
Charles' soul story. At first, I was like, this is terrible. And then by the end, I'm like, that's pretty good. So, no, it's not been bad. It's, it's okay. That, that opening is rough. Um, not sure why, but uh, yeah, it gets better at least. The Spider Woman story is fun. I didn't know this was the thing, so I will read it. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not lighting the market on fire or anything. Nightwing number sixty three wanted to check back in. Um, this book is again so strange for many reasons. Uh, we're in the midst of this story where you know Dick is fucking Rick Grayson and he's not Nightwing and there's a bunch of co- cops and firemen and other people who found his stash of. His is basically his Batcave in Bloodhaven. Took his costumes and running, running around Bloodhaven, being the Nightwings. And he's also joined them, but he's not a Nightwing. But he is wearing a costume and a mask. But he doesn't say. He says, "I'm not a superhero." Doesn't make any sense. Also, when this started off, it was I think it was Ben Percy was the writer. Was that who it was? Who wrote the issue where he got shot in the head? I um, think so. I mean, the aftermath of that—that that he was your pick of the week. Yeah. And yeah, then. Yeah. Um, and then he got unceremoniously removed from the book, was replaced by Fabian Niciesa and Scott Lobdell. They wrote the book for a little while. They were they were removed from the book, and now it's Dan Jurgens. And I did notice that. Um, it's not bad. It's it's not bad at all. We we like Dan Jurgens. It's just don't know what's happening with this book. Don't know why why they're doing it. We've we've discussed in previous shows. We don't know what the whole vendetta is against uh, Dick Grayson, especially when they don't seem to care about Jason Todd or whoever. Also. As, as I discussed on the Batman Hush podcast that came out this past week, it's so funny that in the comics they have this desire to wipe out Dick Grayson, but he is Dick Grayson in the cartoons. He is Dick Grayson in the live-action TV show. Like, it's to the wider world, whose audience is much larger than the, the comic, they seem to have no problem as Dick, with Dick Grayson. But for whatever reason, it's in these 22-page comic books that they just want to get rid of him. And it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um. And also, this is the first issue we've had some real consequences to these amateurs running around as Nightwing. I enjoyed the issue, but it's just I don't know what I'm reading or why. Um, and it's a bummer. Dick still has that weird hair. Yeah, I was excited to get an uh, update on this, and I was hoping you were going to say, this was great. but No, this, this was a this is weird update. Yeah. It's all weird. Especially, it's just especially weird that usually – with all these books taking their cues from the wider media audience, that in the wider media they're like, "Fuck it, it's Dick Grayson, he's Nightwing." Ooh. And then in this book, it's like, "No, he's Rick Grayson, he's not Nightwing. He's got a, he's been shot in the head." It's like, mm-hmm. all right. So those are the books we wanted to talk about. It was a weird week of comics. Yeah, yeah, some good stuff though. But I enjoyed reading sure. him. They just it was just weird. So as we mentioned earlier, um, the patrons over Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy, the ones who give the five dollar or higher level, they all. Vo- I'm sorry. That's the wrong segment. The, all the patrons vote to add a book to the rundown. I am in autopilot right now, and I'm crashing the plane. Um, all the patrons vote to add a book to the rundown. This week, they voted, although it was a, it was not a, a blowout and very close, um, Strayed Number 1 from Dark Horse Comics, written by Carlos Gifani, with art by Wando, and letters by Matt Kreutzer. And... Uh, it's been a, the patrons have been on a good a good streak, I think, where they've at least been picking interesting books. Um, this was the first time in a while I finished, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" It's not good. Yeah, not good. I mean, the premise aside, so this is basically sci-fi cats, and I can see not the good. 
I can hear the pitch, which is basically the internet loves cats. So let's do a comic about sci-fi cats. And uh, I don't care cats, about cats. Like a cat shot into space. I don't care at all, one, one whit about cats. So I'm probably not the audience for this book, but this was a cat who can astral project itself across the universe and uh, the government of the earth uses him to find minerals and planets to subjugate and his owner doesn't like the way they're treating the cat. And that's really the whole story. Well, with also there's a whole, it's another like we've built a world and it's based on this and here's the bad guys who are a corporation who are subjugating other people and what do you got for me other than kitty thoughts? And I'm not, I'm not a cat. Oh, yeah, they, they, they developed a technology to project brain waves into language so that, that everyone can understand the cat. Yeah, that good. is good. I'm not, I'm not a cat person, but I get that people like their cats, and I'm okay with that. I think you should like your cats. I don't think liking cats is stupid. Um, th- that being said, uh, you, you, you could not have picked a, a less. Connor said to me, he said, I'd rather read Lobo. And, <laughs> and I'm not going to I finished this and I went, wait, did a Lobo book come out? Because I was going to read Lobo. And then every time you asked me about this book, I was just going to talk about Lobo. I just tried That's to how much I did not care about hate. reading this book. Yeah, I just tried to pick out a character who's, who I just hate in principle. To... Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, well, maybe there was a Lobo book out that I don't know about. That's, and, I, and I was willing to go read it. That's... And, you know, like, you you look at, like, the last page, the, like, the thank you acknowledgements letter page, and these people are very excited about this comic book that they did. And, you know, I hope they find an audience for it. And I'm not going to be in that audience, and I'm I'm not going to stand in that line at the convention. But I wish them very much success. I don't know what this was, uh, and I don't know who I would tell about it, and I'm going to try to never think about it again. Is this the same Wando who's been doing great work in other books? Yeah, he's the guy came from uh, Avatar, I think. Because either that is is a very different style than normally he draws in, I think. Right? I mean, how many not... Wandos? Could, I guess is 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 Wando like a South American Alan, like Alan Smithy? Smithy? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody out there get that one? <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, like I, I didn't. I just this is the this was like, can you find a book that is the least? Interesting for Josh and Connor. The, the only way to make this worse would have been had it been a horror cat book. I mean, yeah, kind of, I mean, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of something objective to say about the art wasn't bad. I didn't love it, but it wasn't bad. I've definitely seen way worse art in way more high profile books. That's what I can yeah. say. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't really like it either, though. The bits of it that I liked, but it didn't seem suited for. The book, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it was, um, it was kind of. It's kind of funny because the, what they're. It seems like what they're trying to do is a straight up sci fi story, but yeah. the art had big fantasy element to it. And I think that stylistic. I think one of the problems with it is that stylistically, it didn't seem to be very consistent. Mm-hmm. Like if you're gonna do, I mean, it's a little like aliens, you know, and it's like space colonization and mining, and yep. there's a, you know. The thing that makes aliens work is that it's very tactile. It's a very like you on the ship. Oh, it's grimy. This is the this is the wet chain room. These mm-hmm. are the guys who you know do this. But it wasn't. It was very sort of ethereal because you've got this astral projection thing going on, and and 
you know, swirling, almost um, hallucinogenic states and things like that. Uh, and I don't know anything about any of the characters other than you have the arch super like leader, whatever his name is, I forgot. And then you've got his minion on the ship who's, you know, more or less a bureaucrat with a gigantic superhero chest. Right. Um, and then this woman who likes her cat. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't, there's a whole, there was no sense of humor to it. There was yeah. no, other than unless you think that, and, and listen, I, I, I do dog voices. I, the dog does a voice. We make a lot of jokes. It's funny. I get that. I've heard Mike Birbiglia's Catsachusetts routine. I understand that that's funny. It's not funny in here. Um, <laughs> and if you, maybe you like those things, maybe you're like, oh my God, I make my cat talk like this space cat. This book's for me. That's a very valid thing. That could, could be the case. Um, yeah. I've seen worse books in terms of in terms of craft. I just don't care about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought writing wise, I it, it could have done a little more to help you figure out what was going on. I feel like maybe I'm not I'm not wed to this criticism. I'm just I'm, I'm workshopping it in my head. Okay. I feel like maybe you shouldn't use the title page to give pertinent information about the world. I a hundred percent agree. That's a that's a basic show don't tell. It can be done. And it can, but not in the first. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it's, it's kind of like the opening of Lord of the Rings, but it's not, a weak choice. It's just like it, to give me the backstory of the cat and its powers on the title page as opposed to the story was weird. Mm-hmm. You know, just reveal it in the story. Just, you know, let me meet the cat and its owner and tell me all that the, I need to know through their interaction as opposed to. You know, telling me everything about the cat's powers on the front page, mm-hmm. title page. That's that fair. was that's fair. That's my workshopping criticism. Ratings out of five stars for straight number one. And this is tough because I like the rating to be objective. Yep. Um, and I want to be fair, but I'm having a difficult time separating those things. One point seven five. Two. <laughs> two. 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 Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in it. I mean, uh, I, I, the truth being, you know, I can say I don't like the, the, the premise, and then you can mm-hmm. come in and make a comic book that, that makes me go, you know what, who cares? Like, right. I don't like zombie books. This is a good zombie book. Right. Tell me the premise exactly. of that deceased book, and I am not going anywhere near it. Show me the cover, I don't like it. Right. It's a great book. Exactly. You can you can transcend the premise absolutely with good work. Yes. So I you know I did as much as possible. I did go into this with an open mind. Oh, I totally did. I always go with an open mind. Yeah. Um. So I assume you're sticking with it then. Oh, I mean every. I mean I I, I pre-ordered them all. Cornucopia. <laughs> that, that was the patron pick. Now patron powers. As I said before, when I did the wrong. If you give it the five dollar higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Sometimes with preparation, sometimes with not. And uh, let's kick it off this week. John Gehring is the power that no one can refuse him for an interview. <laughs> if he wants to do an interview with somebody, they will be compelled to say yes and also make it work for his schedule. Uh, interesting. Very specific power, Josh. <laughs> 
Well, it's useful for like a news corporation. Like, sure, he better be in journalism. We have to get Kim Jong Il's uh, opinion on this. John, Mm. I got him. It's fine. We've been doing this a long time. Sure, and we've given out hundreds upon hundreds of these powers. Sure, a lot of them have been repeats. Mm -hmm. I think this might be the dumbest one I've ever come up with. I come up with some really dumb ones. This might be the dumbest. Very one. excited about what's about to happen. <laughs> I thought of this one as I was driving yesterday, <laughs> and I because I passed a billboard. It'll make sense in a second. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing to myself in the car, and I was like, "That is really dumb. You ha- you have to do that on the show." Here's what here's what Joseph Bellary's power is. <laughs> You've really set this up. Joseph can always smell what the rock is cooking. Stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> the rock. You just hear in the job. background of WrestleMania, whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, no, so this is literal. So, <laughs> the rock. When the rock was a wrestler, his his catchphrase was, "Can you smell what the rock is cooking?" Joseph can. Ooh, it's tacos. Mm-hmm. He always knows what the rock is actually cooking. He can because he can smell it. Sure. And that's it's a lot of it's a lot of chicken without the skin and and broccoli. Uh huh. But he can smell it. No matter what what where he is or where the cooking's happening, he can smell it. You just see him at some point go <laughs> toast. Yeah. By the way, I've seen like the articles about the rocks. Uh the rocks uh like diet and it's it's yeah. not it's not a lot of things to have to choose from no S- salmon <laughs> again Alm- almonds <laughs> uh, i've made myself All laugh right. that, that the other day that was I, good. I, I like i like i like a man who make himself laugh there's nothing wrong with that yeah. so up next we have <clears throat> slap rabbit <laughs> which may be slap rabbit's given name i don't That's know uh, Slap Rabbit cannot be defeated at Tic-Tac-Toe. Oh, shit. It, 100% victory rate on Tic-Tac-Toe, which, you know, is is no mean feat. Interesting. And this doesn't include the stalemates, by the way. Even though I said cannot be defeated. He straight up wins. Wins that. Tic-Tac-Toe. There you go. <laughs> he could be in tournaments, you know. Kenneth Thomas... Uh, Kenneth knows what every computer noise means. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about the rock thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry for the letdown, Kenneth, but that's that's important. <laughs> I was uh, I was working my laptop the other day. I had a lot of things open. It made a noise I, it's never made before. I could uh-huh. not find which app was making that noise or why. I just went on with my day. It could have been important. I don't know. But Kenneth would have known right away. Oh, that's, you know, that's Photoshop updating mm-hmm. or whatever. Kenneth just knows. It's almost like Chewbacca. He can understand the noises the computer's making. Know what right, they mean. right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you go if you want your $5 or higher. At the $5 or higher rate, you get your superpower. That's if you want one of those. And uh, there you go. Do you want to do one email? 
Well, let's uh, let's do the first one, Greg, as we kind of alluded to this before. Okay. Uh, Greg said, I used to think it was a big deal when characters like Darkseid or Galactus appeared, but now they seem to be used pretty frequently. Are there any villains that still genuinely shock you when they show up in a book? Um, and I, 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 I'm gonna, I think I want to rearrange the premise of this question because... Okay. No, I don't think either of us get shocked about anybody showing up because we're not kids. But I think what I when I find it really interesting, like oh they're doing this, is like that Valkyrie book the other day where like the, it yeah. was Blue Streak and then his team of different colored skaters, um, who were kind of silly. Um, but he, I could take that a step further. When you take one of those villains, like you and I, you know, you know the the Marvel handbook. Yeah. And I read, you know, I read them. <laughs> I read through them like it was a regular book, and there are all of these amazing villains in there that don't get used. And yeah. that was one of the great things about like the Thunderbolt book. It was like, we're going to take six of these guys, you know, and, and the, and the superior foes of Spider-Man and a lot of what Nick Spencer does. Nick Spencer is good at this is sort of taking those guys and bringing them back. And, you know, before it was Duraguer, I don't even know if that's right, the, the, the right term, but you know, before we started talking about Kang a lot, every time Kang showed up, it was great. Yeah. And I would, I would say maybe, um, Shock isn't the right word, but excited certainly is. And so when Kang yes. shows up, I get excited. I was excited by the end of Valkyrie when Bullseye showed up on the show horse because yes. that was not expected. You know, normally you can expect what's going to happen. But when Bullseye shows up on a winged horse with Valkyrie's sword, I was like, whoa, cool. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could call that shock. I don't know. Um, but like I said, whenever Kang shows up in the story, so I was like, all right, Kang. It's, but it's harder – because as you said, that used to be Dark Side reaction. Dark Side's reaction, or when Galactus right. showed up, used to be that used to be the reaction. But now I feel like I see Galactus every, every other. I mean, every the, the, yeah, that's the the thing now is that like those big villains are kind of omnipresent now. The, the Lex Luthor's always there. The Joker is always because every time a new creator takes over, he's going, I gotta take, my, I gotta tell my Joker story. And so when he shows up, it doesn't matter a lot. When Mister Zaz shows up, I'm like, well, that's interesting. You know, it, that's a thing. It, yeah, I mean, it used to be. You had a hierarchy of villains. You had your everyday punch bag yeah. villains, and then you had your major bosses, and then it used to be you filled the time with the everyday guys so that when the major guy showed up, it was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a big story. You know, when, when yeah. the Joker showed up in the 80s and 90s, it was like a big deal. Not the early 80s because he was more around more, but like there was a period of time where they didn't use him for like a year. So when he did show yeah. up again, it was like, oh, shit. But and now, then it gets as you to said, be <laughs> – then there gets They've, to be an in, I don't there gets to be an in joke that happens too where everyone's like oh, stilt man or you right. know Tom did this with with kite man you know right. that, it wasn't everybody but like I remember for a while everybody was putting stilt man in their book and it wasn't funny anymore but we don't get those sort of those workaday villains anymore and I I like that DC and Marvel either of them you know and you get you get good stories out of that you know I always liked when Batman fought Killer Croc or mm-hmm. you know. Mr. Freeze always told really emotional stories. You don't really see those villains much. Um, I even mean like the lower tier guys, though. Yeah. You yeah, like, like Firefly or people like, you know, or Toy Man for Superman or, you know. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. It's just when it's when they're always fighting the big guys, it's sort of like anything. When you when you keep having it, it loses specialness when it just when it becomes normal. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, you know, the, 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 oh, the, in the flash year one, they just did it where they had like the turtle and, oh, wow, the turtle's stronger and scarier than we thought. And they really look into those sort of weird powers. There's all these villains with all these interesting powers that have been made up over the years and then they've been forgotten largely, you know, and, and I think it would, I mean, I don't want to be like what comics used to be. It might be good for comics to be like that though. 
I think Darkseid doesn't show up a lot right now. I don't know where he is in the story. I remember at one point he was killed and de-aged and reborn, but um, he was around a lot when the New 52 launched originally mm-hmm. um, in 2011. He became sort of like, oh, there's Darkseid again. Uh, it's like Mark Hamill attack on Comic-Con. But um, he used to be someone who, when you, when he showed up, you shit was going down. You know, that was that was mm-hmm. a big deal. Thanos was like that for Marvel, but now because of the Avengers movie, he's in every other book. Actually, uh, I think, didn't this just happen? The Black Flash just showed up in Flash, and I went, oh, yeah. that's right. a big deal. Like, that yeah. that had uh, an, an impact, or, or the Black Racer, or something like that. Um, right. One of those weird old, like, one of those old Kirby, like, hey, he's got skis. There okay. are still ones who can evoke a reaction of surprise and excitement, but the big guys who used to do that are now not those people. Mm-hmm. So that's a bummer. Contact at ifanboy.com. That's where you can write us in. Thanks to Greg and all of those who wrote us in this week. Um, let's let's wrap the show up, Josh. Let us be done with it. Let us Almost go on time. Almost. Uh, we did a book explode. I think, I don't know, this will be the last time we talk about it because there's supposed to be a talk explode in August and it's been pushed. Uh, it's scheduled. It's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you. I don't tell you who it is until I record it. Um, but because of book release reasons, I can't, bring it out until the middle of September. So I'm going to tell you, if you haven't, go back and check out the Planetary Booksplode on on the part two. And if you hadn't listened to both parts, go get part one and then part two and read that book, man. Read that Planetary book, even if you think you might not be interested and give it a shot because there's some really great things happening in there. Like I said, I got that Talksplode coming up um, probably closer to mid-September and then I'll have another one for you in October. That's already scheduled also. Um, so there won't be another way. It'll happen. I feel like there's two that are happening very soon. So what Josh is saying is there going to be a Booksplode and a Talksplode in September. Oh, yeah, that too. So do you want to re- reveal the next Booksplode? Book? I mean, you're going to have to because I don't remember, but sure. I'm going to do it, but this is this is your choice, so don't get mad at me. That's fine. It's uh, Sleeper Book One. All right, cool. So It's a great book, and it's been long enough that people probably forgot about it. Those of, those of you who are read, sometimes like to read along with the Booksplode shows will be doing Sleeper Book One. Uh, that DC put out not too long ago, uh, the Wildstorm book, Sleeper. It's one of Josh's all-time favorite books. So at least it was. We'll find out if it still is on the show. I bet it's still real good. Um, so that'll be ha- that'll be discussed sometime next month, as long as alongside Josh's next Talksplode. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, what's happening right now is, if you're a patron, as I mentioned earlier, that last week's August hangout didn't happen for technology reasons, but we fixed those reasons. We think, and so tonight, again, if you're listening uh, when the show comes out, so Sunday, the 25th. Tonight is the August Hangout. We really, mm-hmm. we really, really, really mean it. So you can check that out. Also, as I mentioned before, uh, right behind, behind this show, you can find the Batman Hush show where Paul Montgomery, Ryan Haupt, and I, Animated Brain Trust, discussed Batman Hush, the latest DC Universe animated original film. And also, Josh, interest to you is they brought back the showcase shorts, the little 15-minute Shorts that they added to these things in the in, originally, and they got rid of this one is Sergeant Rock starring Carl Urban. Cool. Sergeant Rock. Um, that guy, so needs, to should, be, that guy you, needs to be a bigger deal than he is. Yeah, so this is uh, that's up behind the, right behind the show on the feed if you want to hear us talk about Batman Hush. And also coming up, so we're episode 697, and longtime listeners know what that means. We're coming up to episode 700, and as we do on the big 100 shows and the 50s, I guess we do it in the 50s and the 100s, we do an all email show. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll broadcast it. We'll stream it live. We'll record it live. It'll probably go two or three hours. We'll have Ryan Haupt with us, and uh, it'll be a fun time. So if you want to get your email on that show, you can start writing us in 
uh, to, to contact at ifanboy.com, subject line 700 or episode 700, something with 700 so we know it's for that show. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get as many as we can read on the show and we'll give you more details when we're going to stream it and the deadline for the emails uh, future episodes. But for now, you can start those emails coming in. Episode 700 emails, contact at ifanboy.com. Also, no, uh, you know, this is this is an all, this is an AMA situation. So sometimes they're about comics. You know, whatever you want to talk about, we'll try. You know, we'll try to answer them. Doesn't mean Especially we'll answer here. anything. Doesn't mean we will. We'll try. Uh, <laughs> you can get over to ifanboy.com. Uh, you can find those other books blowed and the other talks blowed podcasts that that we have done. Um, I can tell you. Here's here's my clue. Here's my clue. The person that I'll be talking to is very good friends with at least. Two other people that I have talked exploded before, but I have never talked to this person. Ever. We've never. In, it's never been on any version of our program. Um, Alan Moore. I had, use, I, had, I had to work through a publicist. So that Alan was Moore. Too. <laughs> it's an Alan Moore, except it isn't. I won't do that, by the way. I'm too scared. Uh, and also, <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to take a ferry, yeah. and then you have to call him on a, on a wind-up wireless device. You have to record <laughs> it on your phone, because you won't be on Skype. It's true. Uh, you can head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts, like I said. Uh, find out what the pick is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. You should all you can also follow uh, at ifanboycomics on Instagram for the best of the week in panels um, and other stuff that we will throw up there. I put up a picture of Jack Kirby's desk the other day and I could just look at it all day. It's look great. at that thing. Um, you can uh, follow us individually. Um, we are Jay Flanagan and CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. Uh, and I have been much less active, but that's the same tag I have for Twitter. If I'm there. Mental health break. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world's literally on fire. So on that happy note, we'll talk to you next week. I'm Connor. Goodbye. I'm Josh. Goodbye.